0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Circular Economy Playbook, the podcast about our tricky relationship with stuff and how to fix it. I'm Ali Moore, Head of Communications and Behaviour Change at ReLondon, and I'm very pleased to say I'm joined today by our Head of Local Authority Support and, importantly for this episode, mad keen cyclist Anthony Buchan. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ali. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, we're very excited to have you here on this one because today we're talking about bikes and you're one of a quite a large group of very keen cyclists
1: here at Real London, aren't you? Definitely. It's something which fills up a huge amount of my life outside work, whether it's training, competing or just for pleasure, not to mention the commute, which I've been doing by bike for almost 20 years, no matter the weather. And it's probably best that I don't reveal quite how many bikes (laughs) I personally own. And so, yeah, you could say I'm a very keen cyclist.
0: (laughs) So it's all relevant today anyway, because we're talking to someone who's also a passionate cyclist. Um, His name is Phil Dobson. And a year or so back, he set up and now runs a social enterprise and community interest company called Upcycle. And they're an organisation which provides bikes and bike maintenance skills to young people in London.
1: Yeah, I really like this organisation, the work that Phil does. Basically, he operates out of a space in South London called the Remakery, which is also a fantastic project and a fantastic space and worth looking up. But Upcycle, their model is they take bikes that get donated to them and they either fix them up themselves or they pass them on to run workshops with local young people to teach them how to fix them up. It's great.
0: It is such a good model, isn't it? Because so even though cycling is obviously good for the environment because, well, you know, no emissions, the reason obviously why well, we're interested here at Real London is because from a circular economy perspective, Upcycle and others like them are breathing new life into bikes that would otherwise be thrown away.
1: And, of course, bikes are full of round things, which yeah. is, also helps.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Anthony. Thanks for that. Um, but there's also that whole approach to teaching, which he talks about, which I find inspiring, which is basically tell me something and I might remember it, show me and I might understand it, but if you actually make me do it myself... I'll know it forever. And Phil talks a little bit about shifting from when he first started just giving people bikes to actually teaching them how to look after them and some of the benefits that that brings. You mentioned another organisation, Anthony, when we were talking about this earlier, who who do something quite similar. Who was that?
1: Yeah, so there's another organisation based in South London, not too far away from where Upcycle are based, called the Bike Project. They're actually based down at Hernhill Velodrome, or at least that's where they have their drop-off, another fantastic cycling venue in London. And the Bike Project are specifically set up to provide bikes and repair skills to refugees in the local community. So quite similar, but they benefit a different group of people. I suspect they're a bit larger than Upcycle, as Phil seems to be running his operations almost single-handedly and and in his spare time, which is incredible. We'll hear a bit more about that and all the work in the interview. And I guess how he's juggling a full-time job with this sort of fantastic mission.
0: Yeah, we will indeed. And people like Phil make me feel like I'm not doing nearly enough with my life. So should we hear what he's got to say? Yes, let's. So here we go. This is my conversation with the very inspiring Phil Dobson from Upcycle.
2: So my name is Philip Dobson, and I'm the founder of Upcycle London.
0: So Upcycle is an organisation that you you set up yourself, didn't you? Quite early in the in the pandemic. Yeah. During lockdown.
2: Yeah. Quite early on in the pandemic, like you say, I was furloughed. So used to work in advertising, was living in London, but been there only for like four or five months and decided to sort of go back home to um i from, the Midlands. Whilst I was there, I was finding like my passion for cycling again, because I'd moved to London and the busy roads and traffic and everything like that kind of put me off. And then in sort of June time, around the same time as the Black Lives Matter movement started, I was mm. following everything that was happening in the news and trying to think of something that I could do to sort of help out uh, over here in the UK. So, moved back to London, attended a couple of the protests that were happening. Yeah, initially, Upcycle was just like a fundraising plan where we were going to raise £5,000 to fix 50 bikes mm. and donate them to young people from ethnic minority groups as a way of getting them off public transport, because at the time, there was a lot of talk about how it was a hotspot for COVID. Right. And then it just sort of took off from there. We raised 2000 within the first couple of weeks and then sort of social media started like helping spread the word and it took off from there and we've received funding from TfL, Lambeth Council and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. so yeah, that's how we got going.
0: It's an amazing story. It comes at it from so many different angles. A health angle, from an equalities angle, from a sustainability angle with what is one relatively simple intervention, I guess. So how does it all work? How do you do it all?
2: Basically what we do is get young people into our workshop in Brixton so we, we're part of a community workshop called The Remakery based in between Brixton and Camberwell mm-hmm. and it's a sort of community hub where people can come in and use workshop space and tools. Initially I was just sort of fixing bikes and donating them to charities and Feedback was great, you know, they're saying that this is really helping and all that kind of stuff, but I just felt like I wasn't doing enough and I wanted to actually engage with the young people and get them invo- involved in the process. Mm. That's when we had the idea to run the bike repair workshop. So we'll connect with community groups and charities in Lambeth and sometimes in Southwark and then we get them into the workshop. They'll do a couple of sessions. So in the first session, we usually show them how to like fix the inner tubes on a bike and then show them all the basic parts depending on you know their background in cycling Mm. and then in second session we go into a bit more detail with like brakes and gears and that kind of thing and then at the end of that session they keep the bike that they've been working on so instead of them just sort of getting a bike for nothing they kind of have to come in and show a bit of commitment and get involved in the process they're all absolutely love it and normally the first session are a bit sort of unsure but by the second one they're they're getting stuck in and having a laugh and that kind of thing so it's really great Mm. to see
0: and presumably that kind of makes them much more connected with that bike and more likely to use it do you get have you got data on if they're still cycling and using the bike in however many months time or something
2: yeah I mean that's something we're looking into doing more so like case study wise and following up and seeing what they've been Mm. doing with the bike whether it's been helping them you know get to school or go to a job interview or just hang out with Mm. friends Mm. we would find that if any issues did come up with the bike you know even if it's something as simple as a flat tire then it was just you know being stuck in the corner of the house and not being used so the fact that they have these skills now to keep it running means that they're more likely to carry on cycling which is the important thing
0: yeah and what kind of people are getting involved you say younger people but where are they coming from schools or local community groups
2: we reached out to local community groups, whether it's a adventure playground or some sort of youth social worker, that kind of thing, and we basically say, yeah, we've got this project, if you've got anyone that's interested, let us know, and I say nine times out of ten, they come back straight away saying, yeah, we're interested, because it's all funded through grants and donations, so mm-hmm. they're not having to pay for anything, and the bike is the main draw, Yeah. so, you know, sometimes kids turn up and they just want to get the bike straight away, and they're not really interested in the sort of repair side yeah. of things but after a couple of sessions like I said i are always really grateful and the feedback's been great
0: yeah and where are you getting those bikes from
2: uh majority of them get donated to us just from members of the public so quite early on I managed to get onto five live and that really helped spread the word and since then we've had donations for our website so there's like a little form on there someone googles bike donations London we are like the second or third website that comes up So that's a really good source. And then also we have the council, someone's left a bike out for a while on the street and it's not been claimed. They'll sort of send it our way. So that's another great way of getting them in as well. That's fantastic.
0: I've just remembered I've got a couple of kids bikes in my garage, which are from when my kids were sort of 15, 16, which I might have to give you.
2: Please do. Yeah.
0: It sounds as though it's very much about kind of skills and access to free transport and enabling people to kind of move around freely to do what they need to do to get on in life but how important is the sustainability angle has it become more important or less important what's the what's the driver there
2: the main goal is providing skills to young people and transport like you say but also we during the sessions really try to emphasize the importance of recycling and what we're doing by reusing the bike so Mm. instead of it getting dumped on a landfill and becoming more problems for the environment we're taking something and reusing it and giving it a a new lease of life so the kids that sort of grasp that and do get involved with it and they sort of appreciate the fact that they're not adding to the problems that are being produced by this economy we're in of of single use and that kind of thing Mm. so when they have the skills to look after the bike themselves further down the line it's it's even more yeah. likely to carry on being used so yeah just trying to get them to get that point across and educate young people about that
0: yeah and have you got a feel for how many bikes have been through the workshops how many have you repaired so far or have they repaired
2: all together we've uh, donated over 100 bikes and we also sell some bikes which come to us so say a bike comes to us and it's worth £250, it's more valuable for us to sell that and then use that money to fix Mm. three or four different bikes, which can then be donated. So yeah, we sort of spent about over 70 hours in the community. So that's through workshops and the cycle skill sessions that we do as well.
0: Yeah. And how many young people have been through the doors?
2: Probably about 150 altogether. So that's through the workshops. But then we also do cycle skill sessions where we take kids out and basically show them how to sort of use the bike safely and navigate roads around the area and get used to certain routes that they were using
0: in my head already i'm scaling that up across the whole of london thinking how many people and how many bikes we could be dealing with that's the plan yeah that would be amazing so on that so you've got lots of really interesting partners quite diverse so tfl peabody sports england and then you've got voyage who look amazing by the way like they're doing some really good work yep so they're all quite different partnerships how did they come about and and how what are they what are they all doing for you are they going to help you scale up?
2: Yeah so Voyage was actually the first charity that we I got in touch with when I moved back to London and yeah they, they basically have a focus on helping young people from ethnic minority groups into mm. higher education and work like school leavers so yeah I just sort of said you know I've got these bikes would you like them and then ever since then Paul Anderson who's the CEO over there has just been really great and kind of like a mentor in helping me sort of start up cycle properly and turn it into the community interest company that it is now. Yeah. TFL, Peabody, Sports England, Lambeth Council, and then a the few others, they're all sort of been really great in providing funding. So a lot of the funding that we have goes on parts and mechanic wages and that's basically the bulk of what we spend our money on without them we wouldn't be able to do it and yeah we've we've sort of just keep plugging away providing the workshops and the plan is to sort of scale it up next year into more of a mentor program so Mm. we'll get kids in and we'll show them all different aspects of cycling and the cycling industry with the aim of them getting employed whether it's as a mechanic or in a bike shop as a retailer or something like that so yeah yeah, their support's like massively appreciated and we just sort of carry on building on the partnerships, really.
0: So it's really interesting to see the kinds of different people that are getting involved with it from a sort of sponsorship, partnership side of things. So what's next for you then? So you've got it to a certain point point. obviously needs scaling, but you're still working. Are you still working full-time at the ad agency?
2: Yeah, so um, I was like I said, I was furloughed quite early on and then made redundant basically in September 2020 just because... When people started going back to work, there still wasn't sort of much business in the ad agency I was with. Yeah, I I spent the winter working in a COVID test center, actually, which was was, was an experience. Oh, interesting. And then, yeah, luckily enough, in March 2021, I got a job with my current agency. So they asked me to go full time. I just sort of said, you know, I've got this project going on. It's something that I'm like, very passionate about and I want to keep it going they're being really supportive about it Mm. and they're really flexible say if I need to finish early to run a workshop or something like that and then yeah long term the plan is to sort of gradually drop my hours down with work and sort of pick more time up with upcycle once we get the sort of funding which which will allow me to do that so the workshops and running upcycle is like my favorite thing to do so that's kind of what I want to move into full-time.
0: It sounds like it's a real passion project. So, yeah. Well, if anyone's listening who's got some funding (laughs) for Phil, then thoroughly recommend putting some money into it. So just a question that we ask a lot of our interviewees, a more general thing outside of the work that you're doing, out in the world, lots going on, bit of a crazy time. What's giving you hope right now?
2: I think just sort of seeing how invested and sort of interested the kids are when they come into the workshop and they actually get stuck in so you know a lot of people have a preconception about young people they're all sort of technology focused and all they want to do is be on the phone or play video games but they actually when they get their hands on the bikes and the tools I can see like they absolutely love it just seeing that and seeing that there is the possibility that we can sort of address the lack of diversity in London cycling community especially when it comes to career wise but also just cycling around and being part of cycling clubs and all that kind of stuff so that kind of thing and then also the support that i'm getting from tfl and brands like raffa and that kind of stuff where they are actually putting money where their mouth is and supporting causes like this and other great sort of groups and causes around london
0: amazing thank you so much phil it's been really great chatting to you Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the work that
2: you do. No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So what did you think of that, Anthony?
1: Well, obviously I loved it. I mean, what's not to love about someone wanting to give back to the local young people from diverse backgrounds, to those more badly affected by the pandemic and the lockdown than many others in London, and who often don't have a means to travel to job interviews, workplaces schools or even just socialising and finding a really practical way to help.
0: The fact that the inspiration for this came not from a sustainability perspective but from the Black Lives Matter movement and then what Phil did was join the dots around health inequalities that he was seeing, around public transport and the simple need just for people to get around the city and then he just got on and set up what is potentially a transformative project. Really inspiring stuff, I think.
1: Definitely. And, And Phil also talked a little bit about his next move in his mentoring program, which will train people to find work in the cycling and repair world more widely, which, mm. is, which is brilliant. And we know from our own research into jobs and skills that the circular economy can potentially deliver a huge number of jobs like this. I mean, I know in this instance, upcycle is currently a relatively small operation. But as you said in the interview, if we scale it up, if we could achieve a whole host of benefits, including economic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the word that keeps coming up for me in all of this is co-benefits. You know, this is a perfect example. We're increasingly talking about how the circular economy can deliver a wide range of benefits, not just environmental, but economic too. And Phil seems to have found a way of delivering not just those two, economic and environmental, but also, again the equalities agenda against the health agenda not just physical but mental health as well and it's just all done in one relatively straightforward intervention
1: yes although i'm sure he doesn't feel like it's straightforward as he's doing a whole other job in the advertising world at the yeah. same time i mean we didn't ask the critical question when does he get time to ride his own bike
0: well exactly yeah i know i can't quite believe how much he's doing and on top of all of that, he's managed to get investment and support from a whole range of organisations like Transport for London, from Lambeth Council, from Peabody, from Sports England. And I think he mentioned Rafa Foundation too. So he's not just pulling in like public sector funding and grant funding, but he's getting commercial partners involved too. I think it's testament to what a powerful thing it is that he's doing.
1: Agreed, and all at such a local and human scale. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant
0: indeed. And that takes us quite nicely into our segment where we discuss actions that you, the listener, and we, of course, can take to make a change in our own day-to-day lives. So if you're feeling a little bit despondent or overwhelmed, take a leaf out of Phil's book and do something practical, which can help you gain confidence in your ability to make a difference right now.
1: Because we all know that cyclists are climate warriors, right?
0: (laughs) Exactly, Anthony, obviously. So first up. If you, like me, have kids who've grown out of their bikes and you don't think you're going to get that much for them by selling them on Gumtree or eBay, mine are very bashed up. Why not think about donating them to Upcycle or look up online if there's a similar local charity if you're not in South London or a community group that repairs and donates bikes to those who need them?
1: Or even, I suppose, if you own an adult bike, I suppose, if you're looking or considering trading up or getting a different kind of bike to suit the changes in circumstances. I mean, I'm always looking for a new bike. Yeah, Um, we know that. but if you don't have a spare bike to donate it's just your own bike and it occasionally needs repairs or a bit of a tune-up why not go along to a local repair class there's loads out there the london cycling campaign has lots of active local groups some of whom provide repair skills and training and you can find out about your local group at lcc.org.uk also if you're based around northeast london or you cycle into the city occasionally, the London Bike Kitchen are based in Hoxton, and they run a classroom where they teach a range of basic maintenance skills. And they're at lbk.org.uk. And their classes are all run by uh, mechanics who really know their stuff. And and I'd say that, you know, if you want to get into cycling, learning some basic bike maintenance skills is really critical. You know, whether it's changing a tyre or oiling the chain. there are so many unloved bikes out there that just a bit of... Basic TLC could get them back on the road. Yeah, exactly.
0: And just to let our listeners know that we'll be running our third annual London Repair Week at the end of March, and there's always quite a few drop-in bike repair workshops that take place as part of that. I think last year, a lot of them were run by councils in collaboration with with an organisation called Dr Bike, who, by the way, also do cycle confidence training, um, which I thoroughly recommend because I only started commuting in London on a bike about four years ago, and it really, really helped me get the confidence to do it. So keep an eye out for Repair Week announcements over the next few months if you want a taster of what it feels like to be completely in control of your own bike and how it's working. So any more tips Anthony? We've talked about bike donations, about taking back control of your bike. What else have you got?
1: Uh, Well there's a great company called uh, Pedal My Wheels and they work with most London councils if not all I think and they run a fantastic try before you buy scheme Mm. um, that allows people to rent bikes from kid Kids' bikes to cargo bikes to everything in between, I think for up to six months before you make a decision on whether or not you want to purchase it. And Brilliant. if you do, you get that rental fee taken off the cost of the bike. What a fantastic circular economy model to get people into cycling. Um, and they also run fantastic secondhand bike markets for schools and for the public. Plus, in 2022, they launched a community cargo bike scheme. I mean, what more could you want? Amazing. It's definitely worth checking them out
0: yeah that's fantastic. I also noticed recently there was a company advertising on the tube and I know that they've, there's been organizations like this in Germany and elsewhere for quite a while, which are subscription schemes for kids' bikes, which I think is great because if you you know we all know as your kids grow up, they grow out of bikes really fast. so what you know really great idea from a circular economy perspective to lease a bike, give it back when your kids have grown out of them, get a new one that fits them really
1: hey. good way of doing it. And we've also got Santander Cycles, right, and other rental schemes. They're also part of the circular economy.
0: They absolutely are. They absolutely are. Brilliant. Well, those are all great final tips. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anthony. It's been really good to have your expertise and insight.
1: No problem at all. And thanks for asking me. It's been really interesting to hear about Upcycle and most importantly, to be allowed to talk about bikes on work time. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Of course, thanks very much again to Phil Dobson for taking the time to speak with me. And as ever, thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Relondon underscore UK and use the hashtag #RevolutionOfStuff to get involved in the conversation. We'll be back soon with another episode. So bye for now.